Welcome to the first of our podcast series, Immigration Detention, The Hidden Costs, brought to you by the Unchained Collective, where we will be hearing conversations between those who have spent time indefinitely detained on administrative grounds in British immigration detention centres. The aim is to raise critical awareness through the powerful voice of experience of the destructive impact of immigration detention on many levels, on individuals, families, communities and society at large. Discussions encompass the ongoing harms of being dehumanised and criminalised, the stigma and rejection individuals face upon release into the community, as well as the economic impacts of this system on individuals and society as a whole. However, these conversations importantly also demonstrate the strength and powerful resistance of those targeted by this system. A crucial question is raised. Why is this system that destroys lives, wastes public funds and fosters division in our society allowed to continue? Can we envision alternative ways of being together in our shared vulnerability? Can we build a society where everyone has the right to breathe? Ultimately, these powerful accounts serve as a collective call to action. When future books chronicle the history of systematic incarceration and torture, sometimes resulting in death, of predominantly non-white individuals for crossing borders, what role would you like to have played in that history? This is a question this podcast series compels you to ask yourself. these women and all these people that they have passed through a lot of trauma before even coming to UK so uh, kind of uh, detaining them is kind of really traumatizing them again they would be walking up and down the corridors in the night you hear their boots you know thumping on the floor you couldn't sleep because they would be taking people to deport them in the night. The whole idea of a detention system. But they didn't tell me why I was detained. It's based on past experience of colonialism. I still now don't know why they detained me. The detention made us to be alienated from each other. Nobody wanted anything to do with me because they felt I might have committed a crime. I'm being labeled as a criminal, so I don't have any freedom. The wastage of money involved in running this whole institution. And you just feel losing my identity, having to get adjusted to, you know, being called out through a number. I feel like, I mean, just a number. You are unwanted. You feel like you are really not like a human being. Everybody, men and women, to be behind bars is an economic waste, is a human waste. We need to counterbalance the negative rhetorics that are coming out there that immigrants are nothing but a burden to society. And this hatred to hate other people who are not English. Knowledge, they say, is power. Ignorance is a very big disease. They want to silence us. It takes courage for us to be here. I refuse to let their system break me. I don't want to be a victim. Rather, I want to be a victim.
Welcome to this podcast series, The Hidden Cost of Immigration Detention, brought to you by the Unchained Collective. In this episode, Mariam talks with Aminata about the challenges of reintegrating into her community post-detention and the difficulties of being heard, of having a voice, of how detention increased her awareness of the amount of hidden suffering in society. She talks about the damage that having been detained does to how you are perceived in your community and appeals for greater understanding on what it means to be a refugee, to end the unnecessary division within our society. have you here today um, on an, one of our editions of our podcast on immigration. Um, can you tell me a bit about yourself, please? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm an optometrist. I've been detained before um, at Yarl's Wood Detention. And um, I've been released, so now I'm back to community. Yes. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Um, how would you say your experience of detention has actually affected you? I can say physically, I think I'm fine physically, and because of result of uh, medical reports, that I'm fine. Um, mentally, I've been through like therapy for one year with one of the organization as well. Like it's been paid by the organization. That's why I had that kind of therapy. And um, would you say you're feeling much better now? Uh, yeah, much, much better because it was only counseling, like no medication involved. It's just like one hour of talking and getting inside my brain and inside my emotions and yeah I think I'm better yeah how would you say this actually um, affected your family in what way my family have been in shock and uh, usually culturally we don't have this being vulnerable and people talk to you about how you feel and you know okay you got a problem then Okay, so what? You got problems. So next and next and next. So we don't have it really. Like we don't talk about emotions and stuff like that. It's just like, okay, things will be better. How? You never know. But So yeah, I think they have been there. They came to visit me. and But it's not the same. After the experience, it's, it's, it's never the same. With people, with your friends, with your community, it's, not, it's never the same. Yeah, it is um, quite sad because um, there's always this thing about a cultural thing where we feel like by talking, by speaking out, you, you're almost like a failure. You can't accept 
the the pain that comes with with, with life. Um, but sometimes it's you just want to speak out. You want people to talk to, to cry over their shoulders. So I can imagine how hard that could be for you. What about social life? What about social life? Uh, social life, I've been lately careful with people. I go with... Um, I'm not really an open person, so I'm kind of picky sometimes. So, um, Before, I used to do a lot for the community, for Sudanese community, for Nubian communities. But after detention, no, I've been more focused, more with the, I don't know if it's big goals, but being in detention opened my eyes to a lot of things. Like there's a lot of, people suffering without us knowing. So yeah, that was part of, I think, outcome of that detention thing. What about um, post-detention in terms of employment? Um, were you able to seek any sort of employment? Is it voluntary or paid? Or uh, Yeah, because... When they released me from detention, it, it didn't have any status, so I couldn't work at the time. But I did uh, volunteering with the befrienders or beyond detention now. And I've done a lot of uh, caring for my uncle. So it's kind of like you're, you're still active mentally in, in terms of... And physically, yeah. sometimes there is some stuff you have to do it because no other, no one else will do it. Yeah, mm. yeah. How has this experience impacted your education? I think I've done all my education, maybe master or PhD degree, but um, no, I'm still attending some of the Zoom uh, with the Beyond Detention art and. And then creative writing, of course. That means you get to share your experience with other people that have got similar mm. experiences as, as well. Yeah. And there's another project they're doing as well, mentoring program as well. So I'm part of that as well as a volunteer. Mm. Oh, that's great. On a community level, what would you want to see as a change, how would the community come about to help people that have had such experiences? What I wish I can see, just um, give a little time to those refugees because taking people to detention because you're a refugee. And from my experience in my community, they don't like refugees and then they despise the refugees and they think they are like, why they come here? They don't, even our own people. And this is not the answer. I mean, we should just start this, not only the home office, like welcoming them and show them maybe the right path, like the right people to go to. They don't have to wait years and years so they can get the right solicitor. This is what, what I really like to see. 
when I uh, when they released me from detention, the people I stayed with or my cousin, she wanted me out of her flat. So I became homeless. And imagine you just you've been released from detention and you're so happy that home office just left you alone for a while. And then you get another challenge, like you don't have place to stay. So, and my cousin is part of the community. So if the community would not help people like us, the refugees, who can who can do that? Yeah. <laughs> this is what I wish. The community can understand people with no yeah. family, with no finance, with no, you know, yeah. accommodation. Yeah, that is true. Because... Um, like you say, charity begins at home. So if if your close family, like you said, your cousin couldn't actually offer you the refuge that you needed at the time, mm. then it becomes a problem altogether. So um, I think um, it's all about getting a message out there, letting people know that being in detention doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the world. How would you think people could carry out such campaign or what sort of ways do you think such information could be disseminated within the within communities to be acceptable towards refugees? I know a lot of people, they're trying to help with clothing, shoes, and food. But I know this is the ba- they, they are the basics. But as I said before, I think the best thing for a refugee is like to find the right direction, the right solicitor, um, the right people who give you the right advice, the right organization, because there is different organization for different things. Some of them for food bank, voucher. Some of them for example, accommodation. Some of them might help you with the education. So you have, I think, to target the right people to get the right answer. Right, Um, on our final question for today, Mm. Um, how would you envision a world without detentions, without borders? How would you envision that? Why not? Yeah, maybe you can do it. Why not? You know, it's like we have to reach that point. But people, I think, lost faith in each other. We don't trust each other. Everyone wants the minerals they want the gold they want the oil so that's why we're suffering but it it might be one day why not mm. we're here i think to do that i mean this project is one of the thing one of the students actually she said that she's really glad she's she's with us and she's seen us and she said like she really liked being with us and she felt that we are really valuable mm-hmm. but the thing is it takes courage for us to be here Mm-hmm. Courage, you know, because we've how many of us been in detention, but how many you see today with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy thing, mm-hmm. because in our community they want to silence us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only the government; it starts with the people. Mm-hmm. So it's really take us like bravery, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and courage to be here. Otherwise, we'd not do it. Mm-hmm. And because we want the the world you're talking about now is no no borders, you know, and you don't have to be ashamed. Mm-hmm. We haven't done anything wrong, you know. Maybe we didn't know how to follow the process. And because we didn't know that, that's why we end up in detention. But f- to have a, a, a like a perfect world, we need perfect people mm-hmm. as well. And to be brave enough, being here, believing in people like that. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. awareness, enlightenment, empowering. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, a very interesting point you raised there. The idea of them wanting us to be silenced. And I think that is what has helped the institution, the whole detention institution, to thrive over the years. But I feel by speaking out like you're doing today, which is um, a um, a very brave thing to do. Like you said, not everyone would want to do that. Or they would want to do that, but the fear fear that that would affect their outcome immigration outcome and things like that is what's actually stopping some people from from saying it out but i think there's a beginning to everything Mm -hmm. which is what we're doing now we're speaking out we're refusing to be silenced um i think your efforts our efforts and getting the media involved would one day present to us a world that is free of borders, I believe. Yeah. Well, thank you very much thank for you, um, coming today. It was lovely speaking to you. Thank and I um, wish you all the best with future endeavours. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.